You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. Good Saturday morning, everyone. It is July, the first day of July, as we greet you on this, I guess we can call it an Independence Day weekend. The 4th of July comes your way on Tuesday here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Hope you've turned the calendar from June to the new month here as we're halfway through this year of 2023. 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you each and every week. By Larry King Law, if you're injured in an accident, you can call 757-INJURED for Larry King. Matt Hatfield here with you. Dino Franza back in our new adjusted studio for the first time in a long time. How are you, sir? I know you're happy because the Cubs won yesterday over the Guardians, and they're still in that NL Central hunt, just like the Guardians below 500 in the AL Central title hunt. Well, if you're in the Central, you have a chance, that's yeah. for sure, because uh, they just, uh, it, those divisions are not good. So you're in the hunt pretty much, uh, unless somebody gets really hot. Even the Reds, you know, they, they went on that streak, uh, but they're not running away with it. So, no. uh uh, that's what you've got, uh, and you're right uh, about the, the new uh, setup we have here in our uh, studio. It's almost like driving a new car. Well, that's why we've kept Ed Young out of the studio more weeks than not. However, you will hear from the coach, the head basketball coach with 500-plus wins from Nance Minerva later on in the show in a couple of segments. He'll be phoning, and he's on a legit assignment today because his basketball team is playing in an event at Bethel High School, and he's allegedly, allegedly coaching. I did hear, though, if you uh, bring eggs and you tell the people at the door you want to uh, throw them at Ed Young, they might let you in and get a free concession item. So that that's a rumor out there. Well, it's a good thing the cost of eggs has gone down. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's a lot happening in the world of sports. you got Wimbledon around the corner. You've got the Major League Baseball All-Star break right around the corner. We're going to get to the Tides, too, by the way. Some great things going on with the Tides. We had on Pete Mishu, the voice of the Tides, last week on the show. Uh, NBA free agency. Max Struess is signing with the Cavs. Fred Van Vliet's getting $130 million for three years. Must be nice to be him, among other NBA superstars. So much happening. But 13 weeks ago, Dino, you were here with us, and Ed was here, and we did our MLB preseason over-unders. We're going to revisit that since we're almost, well, we're at the midway point, essentially, with a lot of teams having played about 82, 83, 84 games. Yep, yep. So we'll look back at how you and I are doing, which we're feeling much better than than Mr. Young is. That'll be in the third segment of the show, so stay tuned for that. High school football schedules are out. You're going to say, what? High school football? We just started the summer. Yeah, it'll be here before you know it, because there are some games August 24th, which will be here in less than 13 weeks. Uh, probably be here in about four, five, six weeks, and there's actually a team in Richmond playing a game in the middle of August, and I'm going to go later on the show with my top five games involving local teams. You'll hear from Doreen McCain, Maury football coach. We couldn't squeeze it in last week. His team won the ODU 7-on-7 passing tournament. You'll hear from Josh Sweat of the Philadelphia Eagles. He had an Oscar Smith High School. We caught up him at, caught up with him at his dodgeball tournament and combine last week at the Sportsplex. If you can dodge a wrench, you know you can dodge a ball. And, uh, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Now, listen, there, I, I don't know if they got all the dodgeball festivities in because right when I was leaving after talking to Josh and taking some photos of the youngsters out there, and a lot of kids came out there for that free camp. Josh did a wonderful job with that. Uh, a lot of thunderstorms rolled through the area late last Saturday night. So I'm not sure how that went, the, the festivities with that, but need to uh, catch up with him. 
And uh, that'll be up later in the show. And we'll talk with a couple of guests, such as Super Eric Rogers. He is one of the founding board members of the Hampton Road Seven Cities Pro-Am that takes place every Sunday going on at Norview High School beginning tomorrow. A lot of the old uh, high school and college stars play in this. A lot of uh, familiar basketball faces. So he'll give you the rundown on that. He helps James Flood out tremendously with that. We have him on pretty much once a year as this thing gets up and rolling. They actually wanted us out there for that, but unfortunately, we're not on Sundays. We're on Saturdays. So uh, that did happen. And then we'll be talking with Carl Francis, who we visit with usually annually, the NFL Players Association Director of Communications. He out of Bethel High School, longtime friend of the show, and uh, he is one of the co-founders of the Hampton Roads Youth Foundation, which has its HRYF football camp. And they have a symposium, a leadership symposium coming up too. So we'll dive into all that with him. Maybe get uh, ask Carl at the end uh, what he's what he feels about all these things with players and gambling. My gosh, it's just every time you turn around, you know, someone's getting suspended for three, five, eight, ten games. And you know, I I know it's very hypocritical of the league because everywhere you turn, there's an ad for it, and it is legalized in so many estates. But my gracious. You don't also at the same time, and I've heard a lot of different hosts and people say, well, it's just, you know, it's $10,000 to this guy that makes, you know, these NBA players, including, you know, $14 million a week, almost it feels like, or a year. You don't want the integrity of these sports messed with. So you have to come down and, and, and smack some of these guys. Even if it does feel hypocritical, you can't just put your arms and say, oh, no big deal, because then it starts to become a scandal, which you don't want. And certainly these things can go sideways in a hurry. You know, it's almost like, uh, I understand it's a big business, but I, I heard a take uh, from one host uh, on a different network. And, uh, That's right. Let's like give him a plug. He, he said, uh, he basically said there should be a way where you can lock these guys out. You know how you have to be like eight, yeah. 18 to legally do whatever or sure. 21 to legally do whatever? Well, you know, when you go to sign up for your account, unless you're using a phony name, but then again, Ron Mexico, oh, who did that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then again, you're, use, you're you're giving your your bank account information yes. or your credit card information, so you can't use a phony name. Oh, they can so all trace it. Uh, there's got to be a way where you can lock these guys out as a failsafe kind of thing. You would you would think. And trust me, all these sites, whether you're talking about FanDuel, DraftKings, fill in the blank, whoever it is, and there's a gazillion of them out there. They have enough software and ways to figure out and geolocate whoever it is wherever they're doing it from and it's just it's unfortunate right now and i think it's it might get a little worse before it gets better sort of like the nil and everything going on with college sports which has also got some ever-changing things that i'm sure we'll be touching on in the days and weeks to come but i want to get back to uh baseball let's start with the tides for a second how about the red stockings walking it off last night you know joey ortiz bases loaded walked on a full count and two outs norfolk wins it five to four in ten innings you would say that's the, the best game of the week that's like the third best game of the week because they had 10,000 plus on turn back the clock night a couple yeah, nights ago. Yeah. I didn't go. I missed it. I was very, very You didn't sad. go? You well, always I, go. I do. And last year I stood in line for almost two hours, but I had two working engagements that, that were interfering with me and conflicting. So it messed me up there. It was one of those times where, and you've probably had this situation where you want to be at three places at once, but you can't clone yourself. Right. And that was the problem. And that was the one. The other two, I was, I was getting paid and I had to do work. That one I would have had to pay, not too much for 50 cent hot dogs, popcorn and soda. And I'm sure the 10,000 plus enjoyed it because the food was great. The deal was great. 
excellent atmosphere, no bad weather, and the Tides won. And how about that? That was the second best game of the week because the next day, oh, the Thursday, day game, yeah. they're down 8 nothing, and they went to game 10-8. to eight. I mean, you see all these crazy comebacks in sports. This team is on fire. They've already clinched that playoff series come September. They'll be hosting that. We talked about that with Pete last week. If you missed it, it's up on the podcast page. Also with our interview with Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa from the Cleveland Browns. He had a Bethel High School who had a camp last week. A lot of people enjoyed that conversation we had, so go punch it up on our Priority Auto Sports Radio 941.com podcast page along with all the other podcasts podcasts we have up there and episodes and guests but uh man oh man they are something else you know it's always there's always so many different neat promotions the tides have as the minor league affiliate of the Baltimore Orioles, who are playoff bound, it might look like this year, as AJ Rister's rejoicing this weekend on his vacation with that. But Dino, uh, it's really a good time to go out there because this team's got a lot of exciting young talent, and they're winning, and they haven't been this successful in an awful long time. Not that we can remember. Yeah, I can't remember. The last time they even won a championship, I believe, was, uh, what, like 1987 or something like that? Uh, So it's been a long time. The last time they made the playoffs was... uh, Eight years ago. Yeah. uh, 15, I believe. Uh, So... Yeah, there's a lot of excitement. You see the attendance has uh, really spiked this year, so the fans are interested, uh, and it's a great atmosphere there at Harbor Park. They've made some uh, adjustments, some renovations. Uh, You've got the new video boards, and uh, just a super, super great time there at Harbor Park. And you've got fireworks after the game tonight. you got fireworks again after the game tomorrow night and again on Monday night before they hit the road. Yeah, and uh, remember a few years ago, the Tides had that great streak when Dino Franza was in the building had they undefeated when you go this year have you have you kept wow. track of that actually i've gone about a handful of times and uh, as good as their record has been this oh, year i've been a jinx this year uh, three and two only oh that's not too great they might they might keep you out or something maybe you gotta find some people to company to make that record great well listen it's like you said it's been so long since the tides won a championship it was before bobby bonilla day oh by the way which was yesterday i know bobby bonilla day he gets paid out 1.19 million the 59 year old who collects that check every July from 2011, which took place 12 years ago to 2035, as the Mets made one of the worst deals of all time. And speaking of the Mets, as we now move to Major League Baseball, you know, they had a team, you know, back in 1992 that was referred to as the worst team money could buy, and they went 72 and 90 that year. Yeah, they're going to break that record this year. I think they are because they're under 10 games, 10 games under 500 for the first time. This season, they've closed out seven and nineteen the month of June. A three-game losing skid. As last night, they gave up a three-run blast as Mr. Bailey went yard for San Francisco. The Giants, who by the way had some great comebacks against the Padres, who will also splice in this in just a second because they had a brutal loss last night. And the Mets right now look like they cannot get out of their own way. If you watch the highlights and Pete Alonso looking up to the heavens, and he actually smashed some things last night too. The polar bear, an angry polar bear, he was. They are just, uh, they're, they're listless, and Buck Showalter just has no answers for this team right now, and I don't think he's gotten dumb overnight. The guy won 101 games last year. His top-tier pitchers in Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander have not performed to their liking. Remember, this team seemed doomed from day one when Edwin Diaz, their all-star closer who was lights out last year, was put on the shelf for the season because of injury. And look, the Mets fans, there's a lot of them in the area because they once upon a time were an affiliate of the Tides. Uh, they are right now just miserable. But, you know, as big of a disappointment as they are, are they the biggest disappointment in the sport right now? Because the San Diego Padres, who have so much talent, from Manny Machado, who, by the way, cannot get a clutch hit these days, Juan Soto, the ex-national and World Series champ, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., who's finally back, Xander Bogarts, 
they last night looked like they had come back to win it in extras against the Cincinnati Reds. They get up two runs, and then they give up a two-run homer in the bottom of the 11th after letting Stevenson tied up in the 10th. Two-run walk-off homer, Spencer Steer off Drew Don't Call Me Steve Carlton. And they lose another one. I think it's now six straight as San Diego. I didn't get why Bob Melvin, by the way, did not let Josh Hader go out there for a second inning. That's what that's what perplexes me sometimes with these managers. I'm not going to blame Showalter and Melvin specifically for these teams' faults because I think it's unfair. I think you do have some players underperforming. In the Mets' case, an injury hurt them. They're just not coming through in the clutch. Nowhere is San Diego for that matter. But what drives me crazy, and I'm sure it does for you as a Cubs fan, me as a Diamondbacks fan, is you see these managers, a guy will go eight or nine pitches in an inning, and then we say, well, we're going to go to the next reliever. Wait a second, he just got two, three outs. Bingo, bingo, bongo. Let him go out there. It, it drives me nuts. And I, Hater could have gone back out there for the 10th. Instead, they make a change. I think it was Kerr who came in there, gives up the blast with two outs. You're pretty much a strike away from getting it done. And San Diego now has just continued to baffle and lose game after game after game. And to me, they're a bigger disappointing than Mets simply because of this. I think their World Series expectations were more realistic than New York's because they didn't crater last year. They actually beat the Dodgers in the playoffs, their nemesis in the division, and loss in the NLCS to a very hot Philadelphia team, whereas the Mets lost that division lead to Atlanta late in the year, then got beat by San Diego in the postseason to get moving forward. And they just feel like they have a better rotation. They got four legit starters with Blake Snell, Michael Waka, mm-hmm. Hugh Darvish, Joe Musgrove, shiny ears or not. Yeah. They should be, listen, they should be performing better in this. And those two teams, if you had World Series odds in front of you and the payrolls, They'd be in the top five, and neither one of them looks like they're going to be playoff bound. Both sitting at fourth place in their divisions. Unfortunate, and I would say very, very uh, unexpected. It just goes to prove that uh, you know money you can spend all spend all you want, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a team that gels, plays well no. together, uh, gets hot, uh, and and wins some games. I mean, you're seeing the exact opposite with both the uh, Padres and the Mets right now. And uh, meanwhile, quietly, Tampa. Tampa Bay with uh, oh. a very low payroll just keeps on winning. Eight runs last night in what the seventh or eighth inning as they won in Seattle. They've done it with some guys. Be- speaking of injuries, they haven't had Brandon Lau, the Nans Minerva High School product, the whole year. He's been on the shelf, dinged up, but he's one of their big power hitters. They don't have a stud guy. They don't have a Shohei Otani on their team, who, by the way, hit a 30th home run last night. Fortunately, it wasn't enough to s- propel the Angels to a comeback against my D backs, who are trying to hang on for dear life in the NL West with San Francisco and LA charging hard as my Arizona squad. Was looking for bullpen help. Speaking of bullpen help, the Texas Rangers got that with Araldis Chapman. You remember him as an ex-cubby, yeah. helping them win a World Series title. Someone said to me, why are they getting him? Bruce Bochy, Texas. I mean, Chapman's... Don't, listen, I love the move because they've already had Jacob deGrom get hurt. They got some quality starters in Evaldi. They are Perez there. But they needed some relief help. If you watch some of their series against the Orioles recently, a few weeks back, you can see their bullpen was not as strong as, say, Baltimore's and some other teams across the American League, Tampa Bay, and in the sport. And I think it's a move to show their fan base we're going for it. And Chapman can be feast or famine. He can be hit or miss. But you know what? When the guy's on, he throws 103 and he's lights out when he's on. Now, he can be very erratic. I think, though, in the sport, how many relievers do you trust? I mean, you got Hader with San Diego, whose team might not be in the mix. You have, obviously, Diaz, I mentioned, being on the shelf. You have some good closers out there. Even uh, Edwin Classe, I think, for Cleveland. I'm sorry, Emmanuel Classe for Cleveland. 
I think he, I heard the other day he had the most saves and blown saves in the sport. So sometimes your best closer can also be your worst enemy at times. I think Texas, who wants to be in this mix, you go for it because even if he's off, he's better. He's got a better proven track record and stuff, which is all about stuff, than the guys you have. Yeah, you look at the Rangers this year. Getting Bruce Bochy out of retirement uh, was a major oh, step forward there because heart. he's got the team playing very well. And they uh, they didn't necessarily spend a ton of money, but they spent some money they've improved their roster and uh no surprise that they're doing as well as they are this year yeah he's this year's buck showalter of the mets they just hope not have a collapse like new york did and have houston the reigning world series champ so you can never count out those guys are proven in clutch from bregman to altuve and so many others despite losing some guys in recent years you think of obviously carlos correa who's now in minnesota george springer who's now in toronto they find a way to get it done as the Astros won their third straight last night. So a lot happening in baseball should be fun here. I think, though, if you had to pick one disappointment, you're, you're probably picking either the Mets or the Padres. I'd probably lean with San Diego right now. There's some others out there. St. Louis, who's in the basement of that NL Central, yeah. they have some bats with Goldschmidt and Arenado, and their bullpen has been very uh, not trustworthy. Your Cubbies last week split with them in London. So uh, you saw them up close and personal a little bit watching those games. Yeah, it was a nice atmosphere that they had there in London for those games. Uh, it's nice that we can uh, get some fan interest there for uh, Major League Baseball overseas like that. And uh, you mentioned the Cardinals. Okay, yeah, disappointing year, but once again, we go back to the division. Nobody's alive. running away with it, so, uh, you know, you're alive. Well, and that's going to be, as we go to break here, my, my main takeaway here, everybody says, who's going to make a move for the deadline? Even though you look at some of these division races and you say, all right, Tampa Bay looks like they're head and shoulders, the team in the AL East. The Yankees have injuries. No Aaron Judge right now. They're going to get Rodone back. They're going to get a couple of guys back. They're 10 back. The Orioles are six and a half back. You say Tampa's got the AL East on ice. You say Atlanta's got the NL East on ice. By the way, how good are they last night? Did you watch them? I mean, they went season high 16 runs. Uh, nine extra base knocks, six homers of the Marlins. I mean, the fish, they made them the filet of fish as they've won now 28 of their last 37 against them, 28 and nine. And that came four days after smacking five homers against the Twins. Austin Raleigh and Matt Olson both uh, hit shy of the cycle as Olson had two dingers to add to his NL leads and home runs and ribbies. But Atlanta's got the NL East on ice. You say, all right, so three to six divisions you feel like are locked up. But you look at the teams that are still alive for that wild card. Now having three wild cards there, it feels like there's not going to be as many sellers, Dino, so this could keep a lot of those players in the mix, you say. Chapman went off a bad team in Kansas City. Outside of, say, Kansas City, Oakland, Washington, who's been pesky despite their 33-48 and 48 record, three straight wins for the Nats, and Colorado, most everybody else is still technically alive, so it's a lot like what we're watching with NBA free agency. You're not going to see as many big names moving to new destinations, I feel like, as you've watched in the last 24 hours since that 6 o'clock uh, free agency opening up. All right, you see Kyrie's back with Dallas. Middleton's back with the Bucks. Rui Hachimura, don't call him Hoochie Mama, is back with the Lakers. That's what some of the hosts call him, Hoochie Mama. It's Hachimura. Get his name right. <laughs> Kyle Kuzma's back with the Wizards. Four years, $102 million. There's not as many new names moving, so you're big deals that you're seeing come across your apps and your phones and your tickers is Bruce Brown of the Nuggets inks a deal with the Pacers and Dennis Schroeder signed a two-year $26 million deal with the Raptors and Gabe Vincent signed a three-year $33 million deal with the Lakers to go with Torian Prince and Cam Reddish and Derek Rose who once was a big name when he played for your Bulls back in 2011 as an MVP 
signs a two-year deal with the Grizzlies to back up John Morant once he gets back on the court after his off-the-court issues. So he was once a big name, but let's be perfectly honest here. Schroeder, Vincent, Bruce Brown are not exactly household names moving to new destinations. We all wait to see what James Harden's going to do. Right. And let's be perfectly honest, James Harden is a once former big name. He's not as big of a marquee player as he once was. So I feel like we get excited and juiced up for the trade deadline in baseball, this free agency in basketball. It could be a little underwhelming, so maybe temper your expectations and enthusiasm because it might not be as earth-shattering as we want it to be. There you go. I hate to be the downer guy, but I'm just telling it like it is a little the bit. Downer. Guy. It's a little early to be a downer guy. I mean, but here, we're going to go nuts about free agency frenzy as SportsCenter's got it up there. Listen, Bruce Brown, Kyle Kuzma, and Desmond Bain aren't exactly household names. And while the NBA has more faces that can walk in the building that you recognize than Major League Baseball, which does not market its stars as good as it should, and the NFL, whose guys have helmets on, those aren't exactly guys that when you walk in the grocery store, you recognize. I'm sorry. They're not your, your big names. They're just not. You're not recognizing Kyle Kuzma and Desmond Bain. I'm sorry. Even your Dio Art fans may say, he looks familiar. Who's that guy? No, they don't recognize them. It's not your you know, your LeBron, your KD, your Giannis, those type of people. Even the Joker. All right. So there you have it. Uh, we're going to open up the phone lines at 757-687-9494. If you'd like to hop in here, anything in the world of sports, it can be pro, college, high school, local. We'll also have a couple of guests coming your way. It is 757-Saturday Sports Talk. We're off and running in July. Stay away from them fireworks for now on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. We thank you for spending your first July weekend of 2023 with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, powered by Larry King Law. Matt Hatfield here with you, and we're pleased to be joined by a special guest. He is on the organizing board of the Seven Cities Pro-Am, which gets underway on Sunday. Admission is free to the public over at Norview High School, 6501 Chesapeake Boulevard in the city of Norfolk. Games beginning at 12, noon. you'll see all kinds of great basketball town. It's a neat atmosphere over there. We say hello to our pal, Eric Rogers, affectionately known as Super Eric Rogers on Twitter, S-U-P-E-R-E-R-I-C-R-O-G-E-R-S. How are you, my friend? Good. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Dino. Thank you for having me back on the show once again for another summer uh, to represent for James Flood, the Flood family, and talk to Seven Cities Pro-Am once again. Absolutely. Well, for those that are, are not familiar with it, they must be either living in a cave or under a rock. But there are some people out there, Eric. We know this is such a military <laughs> transit area, as, as you are quite aware of, being an Indian River High alum out of Chesapeake, but uh, and watched the sports and uh, basketball scene for so many years passionately at all levels here in Tidewater. But fill the audience in on what is the Seven Cities Pro-Am, Hampton Roads Pro-Am A, and B, sort of the genesis and how it came about, if you will. Sure, no doubt about it, Matt. Uh, every year the NCAA sets guidelines, some guidelines uh, as to how often you can practice your Division One players. It's not seven days a week. It's not three hours a day. It's a little less than that. Outside of that, you send your guys to a certified league or certified event uh, that we run, uh, one of one in Virginia. There are not that many of them. Uh and my thought is, you know, the, the Division One guys, they get tired of scrimmaging themselves. They want to see some new meat, some new blood. Uh, so you have to send them to an NCAA-sanctioned event league, and we run one. James Flood has done the proper paperwork with the folks in Indianapolis, and we're back again for a 17th season. 
And you mentioned the proper paperwork because for those who don't know, this is something you all just snap your fingers and say, oh, and I can speak to this on a much smaller scale with my Virginia Preps Classic, which you are a great supporter of for many, many years. It's something you say, let's, let's do this together here. We're going to have like a little two-hour meeting and then get it done. There's a lot that goes on behind <laughs> the scenes with this, correct? Correct, right, right. A lot of back and forth. I'll give you a short example, Matt. Indianapolis may say, well, what's the, uh, give me the dimensions of Norview's gym. Okay, and now give me some pictures of Norview's gym. Uh, so, you know, it's a lot of, it's a, even though we've, we've done this every year, you know, there are a lot, a lot that goes into it. A lot that goes into it. Sure. Now, uh, give the uh, rundown, if you can, on how many games there are a day and how long the league runs and some of the faces that we'll see oh, yeah. uh, that come in. Oh, I'm ready for you. Yeah, we're, we're, we're every Sunday at Norview High School. Uh, and if you're ready, I can run down uh, eight teams. We have eight Absolutely. Eight teams go ahead. This year, NCAA heavy. I can run it, ready to run it down where you are. Yeah, go ahead. Give us what you got. If you want to, I'll, I'll step in when I have a couple thoughts amidst those. But yeah, give us what you got. Of course. All right. Let's start with the Hampton Pirates, Matt. Hampton's sending in 10 players from their roster. Uh, and they have transfers from Georgia Tech, Campbell, and Francis. Some local flavor with Dan Bannister, Kyrie. Tyler Chapman, and in my opinion, Matt, the team leader for the Pirates this year will be Jordan Nesbitt, Nesbitt mm-hmm. transferring in from St. Louis before last season and played well for the Pirates, uh, shade under 17 points per game. Mullen, Tyrese Mullen, team freshman of the year for the Pirates, Matt. Not bad. And there's a lot of local flavor over there. And I think that's sort of a neat thing. People, you know, you know this, Eric, for years, they, they looked at Hampton and Norfolk State and say, how come they don't get local guys? But as I've talked about this with Robert Jones, even, as well as Buck Joyner at Hampton, they got more local people than, than you might realize. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and Jones has done a good job of that. I'll be touching on his group mm-hmm. uh, shortly as I go down the list. Next, we have uh, Virginia State University, the Orange and Blue, Lonnie Blow. Making another presence once again, Matt, four players from his roster. Uh, Kendall Bynum, DeJore Rucker, Tim Montgomery, few of the recognizables, along with 6'8", Stephen Morris, who transferred into VSU from Old Dominion a season ago. Second straight season of participation from the Trojans up in Petersburg. Really appreciate them. Always like to include them when we can. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. Uh, Lonnie Blow, people don't know, he used to coach at Granby High School. State championship winning coach there. Was also on the bench at other places at the collegiate level. Old Dominion, in fact, for a short stint. And uh, you said Kendall Bynum. We watched him at Western Branch, E. And uh, he was a very clutch, heady floor leader. Didn't always score a ton, but he just ran his team so smoothly. And I just noticed he was named the uh, Brighton Stratton Athlete of the Year. So he's just his journey has been a really neat one, and he's just a basketball lifer, if you will. No doubt about it. Our next group is uh, Team Harvey Lindsay. Now, this Team Harvey Lindsay is almost a de facto Team Virginia Beach. Here are the names, Matt. George Archer, Kendon Peebles, Dominic Stanford, Eli White, Will Bland, Randy Stafford, DeJore Rucker once again. The team leader here, Michael Christmas of Longwood. Mm. Christmas is shade under 26 points per game in last summer's Pro-Am, Matt. That's a lot. And remember, Christmas began after starring at Lansdowne, won State Player of the Year there, helping Dwight Robinson's team win a state championship. Their first in school history went to James Madison, went to Longwood, and Longwood's had a couple of local guys uh, part of their NCAA tournament run a couple years back. And you mentioned a couple of guys playing for our, our friend Darren Centerland from Kempsville, Dominic Stanford and Elijah White, both of which were freshmen of the year at their respective schools. Uh, White over at Bluefield 
And I'm drawing a blank. Oh, gosh, where is Dominic Stanford now? You might know this better than I do off the top of my head here. Oh, man. I'll think of it in a second. But uh, he uh, he was freshman of the year. Oh, Lander University is where it was. Lander, Lander University. Lander. Yeah. Lander, that's right. Yep. Here yep. we go. So many guys to keep up with, man. It is. Who you got next? <laughs> Who's up next on the list? Let's go next with uh, Brian and Stratton. Uh, summer work continues with Team Brian and Stratton and Coach Cliff Coleman and the group. Happy to have them back. Uh, Brian Stratton's a longtime entry to the Summer Seven Things program. And Kendall Bynum, again, we mentioned earlier, Bynum is actually running with the uh, Stratton group. Uh, then we have the Hampton Roads Warriors. Warriors are a semi-pro group. Uh, back for another spin in the program. Happy to have them and thank them for their participation. Uh, we have a military group, the Langley Raptors. Langley returns for another for a second season, fresh off the military league they compete in. And the interesting thing about this Langley group is that their roster holds CIAA forward Kyrie Temple. Mm. My opinion, Matt, Temple is often billed as having Division One athleticism on a D2 roster. So it will be interesting to follow Temple, this group, and also Temple's career down at Livingston College, Matt. Yeah, Temple, you watched him at Phoebus, as did I.E. And right, it, there were right. some things that might have been, I'm not even totally sure, some of the academic, but he was one of the most exciting dunkers I've seen in the years. I mean, I would, if I was doing a slam dunk contest, uh, I don't know if you guys do something like this, he he would be in that group with Corey Law, who used to play at Deep Creek, Harlan Globetrotters, and some others. He he just had some breathtaking dunks, and he's just exciting to watch. Before we get to the next one, too, you mentioned Cliff Coleman is coaching one of the groups. Is that correct? No, no. Well, Coleman, his assistant will be one of, oh. the, one of the assistants, of course, will be coaching um, Brian Stratton. Gotcha, gotcha, but, gotcha. But he obviously yeah. is over Brian Stratton. And people always wonder when of they course. see Matt Coleman, who starred at Texas, and uh, Chase Correct. Coleman, who was at UVA, Chase. who just got announced as going to be a basketball graduate assistant at UVA for Tony Bennett. How come those kids are so smart? Well, they got it from Cliff Coleman. <laughs> got it from Cliff Coleman. I mean, that was, that was, again, that was some great news that I saw earlier this week. On Chase, you you know, folks talk about him all the time as having mm-hmm. the chops and the smarts. And, again, it, it comes right from Cliff. Yep. I mean, that's easy to see. Yep. Uh, let's see what we have. Oh, our next group, Matt, is Norview alumni. Here are the names, Matt. John Hines, Colin Hines, Jelani Darden, Greg Hextall, Rashawn Madison and company. This team should be a fan favorite, Matt, because this is their home court. A, free, a few other surprises as this roster continues to shape, take shape. We want to welcome Norview alumni for a first run of Seven Cities Pro Am, Matt. I like that idea. And, you know, Norview's had so many terrific players. You mentioned a few of them there, a couple of uh, national champions, for, you know, John Hines and Colin Hines from Christopher Newport University. Christopher Newport. I mean, uh, yep. I think it gets it gets a little undersold or underrated just how good a job uh, Norview's done over the years from it was once Eric Williams coached them to Jonathan Wilson, who now coaches the girls, to Ricardo Foster. There, They just produce a lot of talent. And when you look on TV and you see Keontae Johnson get drafted by the NBA's Oklahoma City Thunder, oh, by the right. way, he began his career – at Norview High School. At Norview. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Let's head on to the next group, Matt. Uh, Team Brown. Team Brown will be coached by, of course, Chris Brown. James Madison Heavy with his own son, Xavier Brown. Terrence Edmonds, uh, 6'6 forward, also from James Madison. Trey Barber, he's 6'8. Scott Mullins, 6'3 player from Jamestown. And also Christopher Newport. Manor alum Ryan Smith, uh, to name a few, and also a late addition Judah Egbo, six eight freshman, headed to Norfolk State with Team Brown. 
Well, it's funny you say that now. For just to, just to put this out, there are people that they said Chris Brown's coaching. This isn't the king of R and B who's from Tappahannock, the <laughs> singer and songwriter, rapper, well, dancer. This is what's that? Close but no cigar. Close but no cigar. This is the the Chris Brown, who's the head basketball coach at Smithfield High School. And he was once at Jamestown, actually, was once at Williamsburg Christian, coach Xavier Green and some great talent over there at Clavon Green. But over at Jamestown, he coached his son in Xavier Brown. Also, Judah Egbo, as you mentioned, is going to NSU. And that's a great little lob combination. So you're probably going to see a couple alley oops from those two. And Xavier is a very, very smart floor general out there. It'd be neat to see maybe him and Kendall Bynum go head to head, square off in a point guard matchup in the Pro Am. But neat to see that group over there. There's a lot of talent on all these rosters that was nice and uh we got a, we got the list from Norfolk State and I saw Egbo's name that was it was a no-brainer to pair him with Brown that was that was easy to do yeah that was easy to do all right let's go uh let's, let's mention the Norfolk State Spartans Matt switching the page 10 players also from this roster we mentioned 10 early from Hampton Robert Jones is sending 10 players from from right across the way let's run down a few names Andre Bottoms Nye Chambers, George Beal, Terrence Jones, Jelani Darden, we mentioned him earlier. The Phoebus product, Jordan Leakes, Egbo, six foot eight again, Boston U transfer, Damon Tate, UNC Wilmington transfer, Jamari Thomas. Uh, and Norfolk State is always a mainstay in the program and a fan favorite over at the Norfolk Gym. So we really appreciate them. Um, so to wrap it up now, eight teams. NCAA heavy this year, all pro college drop-ins welcome. ODU's welcome always. Uh, our MVP last year was the ODU forward, Ben Stanley. And then from the NBA, Tony Brothers, Talisa Painter, uh, and Brandon Adair will be on the whistle. So that's going to wrap it up. We're ready to go. Sunday's at Norview, uh, the whole month of July. That's awesome, and good to see you got the, the best of the best when it comes to the fishing crew that all homegrown and painter Adair and Tony Brothers there uh, from the 757. Before we finish up here with you and let you run, we appreciate the time as always. Super Eric Rogers, you can find on Twitter, our guest here, part of the Seven Cities Pro-Am, helping out uh, as the right-hand man, if you will, to James Flood with this great event going on at Norview. It is free each week, but I know you all take contributions, donations. If someone wants to get involved with this, helping it, or you mentioned you do take drop-ins, what's the best way someone can get involved with this? Because this is such a great community event. Event, and you're giving the uh, the area, the local audience out there, a chance to see some of the best of the best when it comes to collegiate talent. Some that'll play professionally, some that just got done playing high school ball. How can they get involved or even assist you all with this if they'd like? Always contact me or Flood at the DM uh, inbox. We'll, we always respond. Um, you just mentioned the no gate for the NCAA. We do have a drop box right at the door. Okay. Always help us out with some some of that. Leafy paper it will always help us. We have expenses, and it goes a long way, Matt, to help out. But this we're back. Uh, this is a community event. We want everyone to come out, um, and that's about it. We're, we're ready to run. We're ready. We've been waiting, and we're ready to go. It should be fun to see. I know you're so glad we finally got out of that stage where we were so on pins and needles with COVID everything a few years back with the pandemic, but we're off and running with basketball. And it's a great time out there each and every Sunday at Norview High School. Stop on in. You'll definitely get a treat of some dunks and some big plays and some photo finishes over there with uh, Super E and company as they have the Seven Cities Pro-Am. Always a pleasure, my friend. You be well, and I might drop in one of these weekends. Hey, you're always welcome. We're right here. You know where we are, Matt. Thanks so much, and thank you, Dino, and the coach. You bet. That is uh, Super Eric Rogers with us here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk, going over the Seven Cities Pro-Am.
Uh, again, I mentioned, you know, they wanted us to do a show out there. Unfortunately, we're on Saturdays, not Sundays. But maybe we'll, we do one of those like little little social media things. We stop in there one of them weeks. You know, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll do, that. do that. So, all right, we'll take our time out and come back. We should hear from the coach and revisit our preseason over-under. So I've been waiting since we did this on April 1st, and I saw how the settings were going. I said, oh, this is looking pretty good. Might not be looking too good for Ed. That's coming your way next here on Your Home for Sports. You know it's 94.1. Hampton Roads has a long-running high school and college sports tradition. It's time to give them the spotlight they deserve. This is 757 Saturday Sports Talk on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Here is Matt Hatfield. And we're back here on 757 Saturday Sports Talk. Matt Hatfield here with you. Dino, other side of the glass. Dino Franza. As always, 757 Saturday Sports Talk brought to you by Larry King Law. LarryKingLaw.com is the webpage. If you're injured in an accident, you call 757-INJURED for Larry King. You don't call Ed Young, who occasionally, sometimes, gives us the traffic report. He's not going to do that now, but he is going to check in from, I believe... Somewhere out there, is it Big Bethel Road? Is that where you are this morning trying to sell cards out of the back of your black charger? Or what are you doing out there? Hopefully something that's legal, not illegal. I think he's in the middle of a transaction oh, right now. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I tried getting a hold of him. And, uh, and he dropped? Hopefully he will call us here he shortly. Oh, goodness. I thought we had him. Then they dropped. Well, he he did. Well, it hasn't he hasn't seen the message I sent? I have a little thing where it's, it gives me a notification since he, or says he's seen it, but he hasn't seen it. So, while we wait for him, and I believe his team is playing today in the Bethel Basketball Summer Challenge, might be against Phoebus as we speak. So he could have dropped it because he had to call a timeout and uh, make a substitution change. He's also playing at twelve noon allegedly against Huguenot later on the show. As you'll hear from the high school coach, we believe, from Nansman River. We'll give you our top five high school football games. At least this is my top five to go see. I do want to give the disclaimer to my friends in the Beach District. I don't have you on the top five because you all play each other. So these are all like mostly out-of-district type matchups that we don't usually get. So nothing against the Beach, which has some fine athletes and teams. But you didn't probably make the top five. So if, in case you in case you hear it and you, and you feel like you've been snubbed or scoffed at, well, it's because you always play each other the same teams. I do wish they'd open up the schedule for them to play outside their district. That's just one of my things. But as we await for Ed, let's give her the over-unders from the beginning of the year. And here were his, Dino. He had over 83.5 for the Chicago White Sox, which as I look at the standings right now, mm. I don't feel too confident about that because the White Sox, who have had a, a slew of some injuries and inconsistencies, and by the way, they might be one of the two worst fielding teams in the American League, the White Sox and the Red Sox. Neither one of them feels great, although the Red Sox pitched a shutout of Toronto last night. Uh, they're sitting at 36-48, and 48. so for Ed to get to that uh, 84 win mark. It's going to take them going 48 and ooh, like 30. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, over 86 and a half for the Brewers. How bad was that for the Brew Crew last night? I'm sure Richie Somerville, the big Pirates fan in our building, is still celebrating that Pittsburgh walk off. Yeah, yeah. uh, over 86 and a half for Milwaukee. That's within reach. It is within reach. However, do you know they've scored the fewest runs in the NL Central? And they've actually scored, I believe, the fewest runs in the National League. 
I don't think of Milwaukee as being like the worst offense in the NL. But right now, statistically, in terms of runs scored, they're right there. They got to get a batter too. Everybody told me about you need to start in pitching. You need a reliever, reliever. They need a batter too to win that division. Certainly not like those '80s teams when they were known as Harvey's oh, yeah. Wallbangers. Yeah, they don't have the Harvey Wallbangers. You don't see Robin Yount walk through that door, and you don't see the. <laughs> and it's not the old uh, Ryan Braun and Christian Yelich. It's, it's a little different looking guys like Yelich now. So uh, over ninety and a half for Toronto, which seemed good on the surface, but at 45 and 38 and in fourth place in that division, it's going to be hard to get there because you got to beat the Rays and the O's and the Yanks and the Red Sox who shut them out last night, and their pitching can be a little up and down. They're, they have a little bit of the characteristics of San Diego we mentioned from the National League. They do have some big boppers, though, with Bichette and Springer and Vlad Guerrero Jr., uh, they can get it turned around. And i tell you who though hasn't is, how about Manoa got sent down to the minor leagues and, yeah. and gave up like 11 runs. And got beat up big I know. time. I mean, he was like their ace last year. So Barrios has been pretty good, Jose Barrios, but Toronto might need to get another arm or two and it's going to be hard to get there for Ed. So Ed could be staring at 0-3 right there. He had under 78.5 for Boston, which is going to be tight. They're 41-42 and right now. That's going down to the wire. What is not going on to the wire, which was a pick of his that you also had, and it looks mighty good, was under 94.5 for the Metsies, who are 36 and 46. So Ed's probably looking at 1 and 4, 2 and 3. If he gets a break or two with Milwaukee, Toronto, White Sox, he could squeeze over to 500 mark to get to 3 and 2. It's going to be a little tight. It's going to be hard, but it is doable. It is attainable. All right. You know, I you mentioned uh, that I took the uh, under yeah. in the Mets. I totally forgot who else I well, even I've took in right these over-unders. You. Your, your lock, by the way, which was which is smell like a rose, you had as your locker-rooney, the Dino, take it to the bank. You should get checks in the mail come September from all those loyal uh, people that throw shekels down that, that took Franz's advice. And if you listen to his football picks in the fall, he's, he's dead on. You had over 76.5 for the O's. So at 48 and 32, all you got to go, Dino, is basically 29 and 40. No, 29 and like 53. You're, you got that in the bag. I mean, unless the O's absolutely crater and collapse, which they're not, the disrespect out there, Mets fans, Pirate, Padres, uh, some of those teams out there, they're not collapsing to that extent. So that's in the bag, I think. You also had over 76 and a half for your Cubbies, which I also had. You got a shot there, 38 and 42. You're going to hang right in there. It's going to, it's going to go right down to the wire because I think it's going to be one, that division, right around 80, 84 wins. We'll see if they make a move. I don't think you're going to be selling off Stroman or some of those arms. And and if David Ross and company stay into it to the very finish, you got a shot there for that. You this do. is a telling month here. They've got to, they got to get hot. Uh, you don't want to go the opposite direction before the trade deadline, or you'll see them uh, probably, uh, probably uh, selling off some. Uh, but you'd like to see them... Uh, you know, remain in the hunt. And in that division, like I said earlier, you can because it's not that good. Well, and you have enough of the the main arms as far as Stroman, Justin Steele, Drew Smiley, even Tyon's been decent. Uh, you just got back Hendricks. Out of your bullpen, though, who are you trusting other than a guy who's, act, you know, has been pretty decent for y'all, surprisingly, at least lately. He was bad to begin the year as Michael Fulmer. He's actually turned it around. You got to get yeah. an arm or two in that pen because that pen is very shaky in some tight games. You do play better at Wrigley, especially the day games, than you do on the road. So. As of late, Alzelay's been pretty good out of He's the bullpen. He's been okay, yep. 
So, I mean, we'll see if that gets done. All right, so you, you got the Cubbies there. It's a possibility. We'll put that as, I think, 1-0-1. We'll put that up in the air. Under 94.5 in the Mets looks great. You had under 96.5 for the Dodgers, which was looking good before they got back turned around. I still think at 46-35, and 35, you're asking the Dodgers to go 97 and 65 here. That means they got to go 51 and 30 the rest of the way. It's doable, but in that division with Arizona and San Francisco, and even the Padres who have lost six straight, they have enough bats. It's going to be hard for LA to get there. I liked that pick of under 96.5. I think you can get there with that one. I think we it's going to be close. We will see. The one I'm not so sure about for you is over 59.5 for Washington. However, they just got to get to 60 and 162. So if they can go 27. And what did I say? 60 and 162. No, they need to go 60, <laughs> and, say. 60 and 102. Excuse me. If they can go 27 and 54 the they rest should. of the way. They, they should be able that to. One's, that one might be in better shape than the Dodgers. See, about a week or two ago, I was saying, and they've won three straight, whereas the Dodgers got back turned around after that, that little losing skid they had. So I feel like at the worst, you'll get a split out of Washington, L.A., the Mets is in the bag. The O's is in the bag. So that puts you at three and one with the Cubs up in the air. You should go four and one, and you'd have a real long shot to go five and zero. Oh, but you feel pretty good about four and one. Now, mine here, I had I had a few we've already mentioned as far as the uh, the Mets under. Uh, I'm sorry, that was Ed's. Uh, the one you and I share, we actually shared two. We shared the Cubs and the Dodgers. So that, I think that could be a split there for me. Uh, my loser is under 89.5 for Tampa Bay. That was a terrible pick. Wow. They're 57. That was my last pick, too, by the way. My first pick, which was a great pick, makes up for that. I had over 81.5 for Texas, who was 49 and 33. Yeah, that's looking good. That's looking very good, unless they crater, which I don't think they will, especially getting Chapman. So I like that one. And then I had, and I was feeling better about this one until kind of recently, although I still think I'll get there. Under 89.5 for Philadelphia, who's 43 and 38. You're asking the Phillies to win 90 games. The Marlins have been better than people think. You got the Braves in that division. The Phillies would have to go 57 and 34 for me to lose that. And I don't think they'll go that. 57 34 is a good record. That's mm-hmm. a tough. That's, that's asking them to play, you know, like almost 600, 650 baseball. I, I don't see that's going to happen. So. I think I'm in good shape to go. Worst case, three and two. Got an outside puncher's chance for four and one. I'm losing to Tampa Bay. That's no chance I'm winning that one. They're not. They're not going 89 and 73. To that, they'd have to go 32 and 45 for that to happen. Although in that division, although in that division, if they had a couple of injuries and just hit rock bottom. It could, it could occur, but I don't see it happening. The way they've just come from behind down four against Seattle and come from behind of the night with two strikes and two outs against my D-backs, uh, they are the real deal. And I'll be honest with you, Dino, it does feel like it's wide open, but if you're looking at it right now, today, how do you not like Tampa Bay and Atlanta to meet in the World Series? I mean, those two have been ultra consistent. Right. The Rays steal a ton of bases. They don't have to have a household name. And then the Braves are just hitting home runs at an astronomical rate. And they're really getting it done with just one dependable big-time starting pitcher in Spencer Strider because they've had uh, Wright and Freed, Max Freed, Kyle Wright. They've been on the shelf injury. Now they'll get them back. So uh, you have to feel like, but with all those bats between Acuna and Olsen and Rosario, they're and Albies. And, and you know what's crazy? Monday night, I watched their game against the Twins Monday night. They had four errors in the game. Mm-hmm. And they had between Albies at second, 
and Raleigh at third, two of the most incredible fielding plays you'll ever see in a game, and they still had four errors in the game. It just feels like when the Braves make a mistake or two, they don't let it fester or turn into a collapse. They just find a way to get out of those messes, whereas other teams, specifically the one they overtook last year for the NLEs, they don't do that. Well, if you look at uh, last night, the scores, a snapshot of the season pretty yeah. much. The Rays scored a bunch of runs, yeah, and, the uh, and the Braves scored a bunch of runs. It uh, would be an interesting World Series if they do happen to meet up. On the subject of baseball uh, mm-hmm. still, you mentioned Toronto earlier. Of course, uh, besides Bobby Bonilla Day, it's Canada Day today. Is it? Uh, Can they get rid of that Canada smoke, by the way, that's uh, <laughs> filtering into different states in the Northeast and even sometimes to us in the Mid-Atlantic? Golly, that's killing us. So, the, you know, today being Canada Day, the the uh, Blue Jays, they're always at home uh, when they have Canada Day. Playing Boston, right? Playing Boston, Come. and uh, it'll be a day game like it always is, and they'll wear those red uniforms. Oh. They do it every year. I don't like those. Who's got the best uniforms right now in baseball? The best right yeah. now? The Padres have an alternate that are pretty cool. My D-backs have an alternate that's pretty cool. I, did you see the Reds yesterday? They wore their, I did. Uh, they wore their, uh Those were flashing. And it, how, about, how about that Ellie De La Cruz play at the plate? Wow. Where he, that guy's something. He is. We talked about it last week on the show. It was our opening topic about who's more exciting to watch, him or Shohei Otani. I think Otani's got more of the track record. But my, how do you not take your eyes off De La Cruz? I thought when he was at second, by the way, with nobody, I said, there's no way he doesn't score. And by the way, he didn't score because he got tagged out of the plate. He missed the plate. He, He's so fast, he can miss the plate. He is something. There's no coincidence that when they called him up, that uh, they went on that tear where they won all those games in a row. What was it, like 12 in a row or whatever? It's like a combination of Jose Reyes, Ricky Henderson with speed, and then he's got the contacting consistency right now of like a guy with the Marlins like Luis Arise, who's just been tearing it off to about 400 at the moment. He is just... He is a real thrill if you're a Cincinnati Reds fan. And there's still some of them out there that lost them. A lot of them got lost when they had those bad years. You know uh, what, though? If you else. look at the crowds they've been having lately, oh, uh, they, they're actually drawing again. Not packing like the in. big red machine days, but uh, they're actually bringing fans into the ballpark. It's amazing what winning will do. It, it cures all ills. And I mentioned this last week with Richie on the show that uh, who would have thought that that winning streak would be longer than the big red machine years of winning yeah. streaks? It's something else. Now, uh, you missed this a few weeks back. Rister was here. We did this, Dino. We found some loose change in Ed's car. We love doing this. We love them. We're going to let you have some of the loose change. Well, we didn't hear from him, so I'm guessing yeah, well, he's uh, still looking for some well, loose change in his car. He probably is. He probably called a timeout. They're playing Phoebus, and he's trying to get it you know, figured out. So uh, the loose change was $1.53. For, actually, it was not that. It was it was d- divisible by three. So and Ed didn't even make his pick. So you're gonna get Ed's pick here. So it was four fifty nine is what it was. Four dollars fifty nine. So there okay. you go. I got a dollar fifty three and my we love doing this by the way. This is this is basically called free money. AJ's dollar fifty three equated to seventeen twenty six at the point when we made this on June the third for the division winners. He took Tampa, Minnesota, Houston, Atlanta, St. Louis, and the Dodgers. Me, on the other hand, because I was the contrarian. My dollar fifty three amounted to a thousand eighty three eighty three if it hits with wow. Arizona Homer pick. I'll admit it, Homer pick. I don't feel as good about it right now. Homer pick. St. Louis, why I took them, I have no idea. Atlanta, Houston, the Guardians of Cleveland with Tommy Hamilton on the mic. He's a great play by play announcer for them. And Tampa Bay. So here is Dino Franz's chance. Dollar fifty three, Dino. You get you get the whole lump sum if you hit this. You gotta hit all six right now. Your division winners, let's go through them. AL East, you got Tampa, Baltimore Yankees, 
Red Sox, Blue Jays. Before we go to break here in about a minute, who, who are your picks? Give me your picks. Start with the AL East. The AL East, I got to go with Tampa Bay. All right, the Central. You like the Twins, Guardians? Or are you going with one of the long shots oh, here? Gosh, that's that is tough. Uh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Minnesota. Minnesota. Okay, you've got. Texas, Houston, the Angels, the Mariners who blew that big lead. You're not going Oakland. How about the AL West? Who you like? AL West. I'm not going to count out the Astros. Gonna so go I'm going to go. I'm going to go Houston. Ooh, which we both did. I, I'm kind of liking that pickup of Chapman for Texas. Although I do wonder if they have enough in the tank, and it's hard to go against the Astros. NL East, Braves, foregone conclusion. Yes, they're minus seven thousand by the way right now, which means you have to bet seven grand to win a hundred bucks. Have fun with that. A uh, little bit out of my budget. Uh, NL Central, Brewers, Reds, your Cubbies, the Cards, or the Pirates. Come uh, on, go with the Homer pick in the Cubbies. Uh, you know you want to. What do you think? I want to, but, but uh, you going. Cincinnati? No. You know, you mentioned Milwaukee's having a hard time scoring runs. Yeah. Uh, that division stinks. You could it pick is. anybody. The Pirates at plus <laughs> 2,000 is not a bad bet, by the way. So that means if you win, if you put 100, you win two grand. I'm not doing that. You know I'm not that crazy. But I'm gonna, I'll just go ahead and uh, be a homer and pick the There Cubs. you go. Atta boy. Cubbies. And then the NL West, Dodgers, D-backs, Giants, Padres, and Rockies are your longer shots right now. I'm uh, going to go Dodgers. It's the safe pick. So for $1.53, the Franza... Parlay results in a forty-six dollar thirty-seven uh, winning, which is not bad. That buys you a couple of lunches there, and maybe a trip to Harbor Park if you like for the next turn back <laughs> to clock night. Uh, you know, maybe I'll go tonight. There you go. So that is Francis picks. You heard it right there. Uh, we're going to take a timeout and come back with Carl Francis. He is the director of communications for the National Football League Players Association, and he got the HRYF Camp and Symposium coming up right here, ninety-four point one.